Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, uh, I am Brayden, host of the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast. But today, I'm doing things a little bit differently. I think this is going to be very fun, backed by popular demand. My friend, Claire Pelletro, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing fabulously. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I think we're both like, both of us are simultaneously like excited to record this podcast, but like really exhausted and a little bit sick. So uh-huh. if uh, anyone hears any like coughing or sniffling or like just really harsh cuts in the episode, it's probably because I've paused to blow my nose or something or vice versa. Um, if anyone is new to you, Claire, well, lots of ways they can learn about you, but your inter- so I interviewed you on your podcast. We released that interview on my podcast last week, so people can go tune in. Um, but we have done this kind of back and forth situation now a couple times, so people can also go tune in to the Get Paid podcast. And Claire, my listeners know all about that because I talk about you all the time. They probably think that I'm obsessed with you or something. Uh, that's fine. Um, uh, but okay, wait. So just for me, for the context, your listeners just heard my. Our, our conversation about my year. Can you tell me, Brayden, like, why was that interesting for you to have on your show? Was it simply just like you talking about money because and you being so good at it? Uh-huh. Well, I do profit reports with other guests. So ah. um, yours was a little bit different because it was for your show. So we didn't, you know, structure it exactly the way I would structure my show. Um, but also I thought it was really fascinating. Actually, your episode came out two weeks ago because I decided to squeeze in an episode on 1099s because it's insanely topical for January. Mm-hmm. Um But I thought it was really interesting because we did your last interview on my podcast in December. And on that interview, you talked about, well, these are some things that like you changed a lot in your business last year. These are some things that we kind of changed, but I don't really know if that's like working yet. And I'm going to be relaunching my program, but we're renaming it. So then on this new interview, one year later, we kind of got to see all of the payoff and result of those decisions, which I think is super fun for people to hear. Oh, I really like that. I, I obviously didn't forget being on your show, but I I now realize like how perfect it was like a year later. And so Uh on my show, we sometimes call that, where are they now episodes, Uh you know? Uh Uh, But so, wow. Thanks for, thanks for doing that. That's really fun. And I'll, now I'm super excited to flip the script on you, my friend, on all the monies. All right. Well, we'll take it away. I think that was a good segue. Okay. So then What I think would be a good idea to start with is this time last year, where were you at in business? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What had you been selling? Can you give us just a quick recap? Yeah. So this time last year, I was feeling pretty good. Um, Very broad overview context. We had a good year in 2020. Like uh, we went from 2019, we did 70K. 2020, we did 140. So we doubled, like things were on the up and up. I really thought 2021 was going to be like our $200,000 year. 
It was not. We went back to like 90 something. So very broad overview. 2021 overall was not great, but I spent the summer kind of uh, creating my new program, Profit RX. We launched it in November last year, so a little over a year ago. We're recording this in uh, on December 22nd, just so everyone knows. Um, so at that point in time, I we hadn't come off like a great overall year, but we had like 70 people in my new membership. So the monthly recurring revenue was like trending up really well for uh, the start of for like January of this, of this year, of last year, sorry, January of last year. Nice. I, I like starting a year. I like the idea of starting a year with a lot of payment plans or recurring revenue coming in. Um, something I do not have this year <laughs> or next, sorry, 2023. All right. So then can you remind me when you launched Profit RX last year, 2021, uh -huh. well, sorry, the last year, because of when this is coming out is going to confuse me. So I'll just try to use the dates. Um, in 2021, when you launched, how many tiers were there and what was the price? Just one. Uh, there was one tier. It was $75. Um, it was just Profit RX. $75 a month was the membership. Um, I don't remember exactly how many members I had um, because we had an old membership and we rolled all those people into the new membership on their old price plans. Um, so we had people paying like a lot of different amounts, but all the new people were paying 75. And what I can tell you was the, the monthly recurring revenue at the end of that launch was like between 6,000 and $6,500. Cool. Cool. Okay, great. So then we come into the new year uh -huh. and what do you do? Like, what's your plan? What's your <laughs> thought? Yeah. Tell me first about what your plan was for 2022. Oh God. Like, um, you know, I, I always have a lot of plans. I always have a lot of plans, Claire. Yeah. My plan, like I really wanted to just grow. Like my plan was I have the $75 a month membership. We probably will raise the price like at some point during the year, which we did do. And I wanted to just get as many people into that program as, um, we could, but I didn't really end up launching that tier of the membership until like just the cart closed yesterday, right? Um, Wait, which tier? The $75, the $75 tier. So when we launched it, there were no tiers. Now there are like our tiers, which is what's really confusing. Wait, so you're saying you had one launch all year for Profit RX? No, because we, we did, what I'm saying is in uh, March, April, we did the launch of the $30 tier. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. So this so, falls the first time we've like put in an effort to get people like really in at our VIP tier in a, in a large way. Okay. So just to recap your goal for 2022, one of them was to make profit RX your primary revenue correct. source, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you also had one off offers, correct? I'm sorry, not one off one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, we did some one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we can like get into the nitty gritty, but we did some one-on-one. -on -one. That's not a very large percentage of revenue. Um, if we're starting with January, January was the month that I invented the contract vault. So that was huge. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. January, I think I only, I think originally I set a goal to make like 10K in January and we did um, almost 14 and we did over 14 and a half thousand in January, which was very surprising at the time. Yes. Fabulous. Okay. So, all right, let's, let's go through 
your, your thinking, you were like, okay, I want to have, I want this, I want profit RX to be my primary revenue source, but what made you decide to launch the contract vault and also remind your people what that is and why they should go buy it right now? <laughs> well, I think the people know, unless they're brand new to the podcast. Well, um, my so listeners might be coming over because oh, guess true, what? True, true. I constantly get text messages. I literally got one yesterday, Brayden, <laughs> where my friend was like, I listened to your year in review episode. I am obsessed with Brayden and now I want to have my own podcast. So yes. Okay. I love that. Well, the contract vault, um, it doesn't have a very exciting tagline. The tagline is $30 for all the contracts you need. That pretty much like tells it all. It's a, um, this is actually a fun learning experience. I used to sell a course on contracts called unfuck your contracts where you got the course and then the course included your contract templates. Now I sell a template bank of contract templates and the bonus is, oh, there's a course in there if you would like to go through it. And it sells mm. so much better. Um, it's really just like a messaging reframe um, and I rebranded it and changed the name, um, but it's pretty much like the same program. And of course, I, like I drastically decreased the price. So um, and I, I think really I told remember. you that that was batshit crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone told me it was batshit crazy. And I don't even really remember like, why I even decided to do it. I think I just like wanted to, um, I got bored and like wanted to test something in January. It happens every January because I'm always so excited in January to like do business things after I take a two week like work break and like do hours and hours and hours of like finance planning and everything. <laughs> got it. Okay. So do you like, remember how you came up with $30? I think it was also just so just, I want to say, wasn't there also some kind of thought of like, okay, maybe I can make this a, a paid ad, like ads to cold audiences, <clears throat> yeah. break even kind of list builder. Yes. I did want to run paid ads to it. Um, actually now I'm, I remember this now because I talked about this on a podcast before, um, <clears throat> Abby and Emily, our friends at boss project, they have for years, I think they still sell it. I don't know, but they have a course called Trello for business. And it's a $30 course that teaches you how to set up Trello for your business. Pretty self-explanatory. And they sold like thousands of them. So I used to, they used to do profit reports on their podcast. I don't know if they do them anymore, but they would always talk about like, well, we made X amount of money from Trello this month as you know, was their abbreviation for it. Um, and you know, it was 10% of our revenue. Um, but we just did a launch of our $2,000 program and 40% of the people who bought our program had bought the $30 thing first. So it was more, um, I think like the people who do, what do you call it? Ascension model, call that an acquisition product. If anyone mm -hmm. like knows all about that, but that was really kind of the idea behind it. And it's worked like for that purpose. So that's great. amazing. Okay, yeah. great. But I remember being a little skeptical about <laughs> the ad piece simply because, uh, I see those working less and less now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they like had their heyday in 2020, 20, maybe before even 2020, but they got super big in 2021. And then iOS changes, Facebook ad changes just made it so that it's hard to sell direct to cold audiences. Yeah. The ad, the ads never really took off. Um, I think I did ads for like maybe a few weeks. I probably could have, you know, definitely if I was in your program, Claire, we probably would have done a lot more testing, but I think I remember telling you 
that I'd spent like $500 and we were at like a $60, like $60 per sale, like kind of situation. Mm-hmm. missing yeah. the lingo that I need on that, but you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm just going to have to go ahead and get on my soapbox real quick and be like, <laughs> sure, sure. you totally could have gotten that less with yeah. testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I say testing, good listeners, I literally mean like put up a video of you talking instead of that gif or what like real or whatever you made you I, uh-huh. I saw one fucking piece of creative that you used uh-huh uh-huh yeah I and, made one I made one real uh um, yeah so when the people when the people tell me oh I tried ads and my costs are really high and I'm like <laughs> yeah what did you do yeah okay. yeah well I'm off my soapbox my thing is um, we dialed in the organic piece, the organic piece of selling it this year. And maybe we'll try to do the ads like this coming year. Um, but I also wanted it like I wanted something that was such a no brainer offer that people would organically share it like without even being an affiliate. And we get that like every day, which is fabulous. Um, I love yeah. that. That's yeah. what you told me. And I was mad skeptical. And now I bow at your feet over your genius. <laughs> well, thank right. you. Oh, and by, by the way, so I said we are recording this December 22nd. We are um, 24 sales away from 1,000 sales of the contract vault this year. And I think we're going to hit it. I don't, uh, I might have to send like a promo email like on December like 29th or 30th or something, but we might get there without it. We'll see. Okay. Remind me if you like, remind me right after the holidays so I can share it. Okay. Okay. Especially now that my people know and and are obsessed with you. (laughs) Um, Okay. So then what did you do for that launch? Did you do just emails or, I mean, obviously podcast episodes, what else? Yeah, I think, I remember, I think I did like one email and like, I thought I would send an email and like a ton of people would buy it and not a ton of people bought it. So then I was like kind of quiet about it for a few days, but then I like talked about it again and sent another email and then a lot of people bought it and I'm like, Mm. okay, this is great. So, um, we didn't even really do a formal launch for it. I just remember like kind of talking about it. And then I just set an arbitrary goal and I told everyone, I was like, I want to sell a hundred of these in the month of January. And we got to 70 in like two days. So it's like, I want to sell 200. (laughs) And I just started talking about it on Instagram. I want to sell 200. I think we got to like 190 or like something pretty close. Wow. Awesome. Okay. What else? Like after, I mean, I don't really want to go through unless you want me to, uh, your like (laughs) revenue and expenses every single month. No, we don't have to do that. What I'd like to hear about is the strategy, the actions that you took all year and then go back and, and really talk numbers. So then, um, all right, after you do that, what's, what's your focus? So focus was, um, I'm having a hard time even like reflecting back to January, February, but, um, February, I don't think we did anything big. February was our lowest revenue month of the year. Um, March, I believe March was when we launched the content only tier of the membership. So that happened in March and Claire, I'll kind of let you to make this really short. I don't think we're going to be promoting that anymore. My intent right now is that we probably won't. We're Mm. only going to be offering it as a downsell option for people when they're like not utilizing all the resources and like our VIP tier of the program. Um, 
Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's recap about what the content tier is, the sure. price. This is this is the problem. This is the dilemma I always get into on my own show, Claire. I'm like, do I talk about it a lot, or does like does that confuse people, or do I have to talk about it so they're not confused? You know what I mean? Why would it confuse people to talk about it a lot? I don't know, because it's like they're because people are always like, Brayden, you do so much fucking shit. I like I can't keep up. So sometimes I just like just ignore well, that. Stuff. But see, that's how I feel as your friend who's like <laughs> boxing with you often. Although I have to say, this past. There hasn't been as much Voxer, Claire and Brayden, in recent months. So, but like, I like literally have this whole year sort of struggled to understand exactly what the offer is. Uh So uh one, if I think that, then your podcast listeners might as well. Two, we also have to, I think, and I think I've started to do this more, is assume that every single week we are getting new listeners. Uh-huh. So we uh-huh. can't assume that people have heard all about everything before. For sure. So the our, okay, so first of all, Profit RX is a membership. It has a lot of course content, like a lot, a lot of content. Like mul- you get all of my courses, basically, pretty much everything I've created. Um, now the contract vault is an upsell. So you don't get that. You have to pay $30 for it. But um, I kind of had this idea where we had, you know, like, let's say 50 people paying $75 a month. Um, This is around the time where our retention started to drop off, meaning people were canceling the membership because they weren't utilizing it. Um, And it came with a lot of support. Like we did twice a week co-working calls and Q&As, like 10 out out of our 50 members would regularly come, but only about five would be on each call. So I talked to some of the members and some of them were like, well, I still haven't gone through the content. I'd like to go through the content, but I'm not like actively participating and $75 a month is just more than I want to pay. Like just to like have it when I need it kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So the idea of our, I called it the content only tier just because I was like, I don't know what else to call it. And that seems like the best descriptor I can think of. But essentially for $30 a month, you could buy access to basically just have all of my course materials, but not like attend our co-working calls or like get the Q&As or any of the support stuff. So we did that. Um, It worked pretty well. Like I'll let you ask some questions about that. But if you want me to, I can actually pull up and tell you like how many members we had uh, in that. We had 36 sign up in March. Um, by the end of, by the end of June, we had 121 people in the content only tier. Okay. So then that was, that was, uh, successful. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. But so tell me why you're no longer going to offer that. I think it's just confusing. Um, when I sell it, like people are confused even some of our members are confused. They like, don't totally like, they don't, they're like, Oh, I don't like, what am I paying for? Do I get access to that? Do I not get access to it? Um, and the other thing is, and this is like a, maybe a mindset issue, Claire, that like you and I could unpack sometime, but, and I even marketed the content only to yours, like buy it. So you have access to it when you need it with the understanding that a lot of people are like, not going to want to go through this entire course, but like it's there when you have a pain in the ass client and you need to go to utilize those resources, you have them. But then I have this issue of like feeling kind of guilty that I have all these people paying for the thing. And then they forget that they have the thing and they never use the thing. 
And then I feel like bad that they're on recurring payment plans, which like maybe I just need to get over, but mm. we're in our newest launch of the program. Like we are doing such a high level of support, like to the point where we're tracking everyone's progress in the program and like sending manual follow-ups so people aren't completing their assessments. Um, mm -hmm. Because I have a lot of insecurities around like program completion rates, basically. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I would just like to offer to you that I pay my lawyer $150 a quarter. Uh -huh. Okay. That's not that much. And I maybe email her once or twice a year. I feel like what you offer here is just given my experience with, with her. It, what you offer is so much more robust. Yeah. I mean, I actually email my accountant uh, far more often than I email my lawyer far more often. And guess what, Brayden? <laughs> Sometimes I still come to you in Voxer instead. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay. Instead of my lawyer. I'm sorry. Instead of my accountant. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't have an accountant and who don't have a lawyer, but like, guess what? That shit comes up. Yeah. I actually think it is brilliant to market it that way. But to actually get the questions answered, you have to be in the VIP tier is the thing, right? Because you can't like- So, so what's that now? What's that? A hundred uh, a month? A hundred a month. Okay. Um, so, so, but if you, for people who don't have the accountant or the lawyer, I mean, are you able to generally- advise people about yeah. legal stuff and accounting <laughs> stuff. Yeah. We, Funny. we can't call it, uh, legally advising them, but you know, general educational information. Um, yeah. Yes. So that's what we do in the VIP tier. Um, our content, I don't know, basically moving into the new year. And this is something you and I might talk about on our, I'm happy to talk about it on the podcast, but you and I might talk about it in a one-on-one -on -one call as well. Um, I have a few different ideas in mind about how we will continue to open and launch ProfitRx. Mm -hmm. One of those ideas is maybe selling it as a $500 course, and then you pay for the support on top of that, um, mm. which is actually an idea that I had for you about absolute Facebook ads a while ago. Oh. I don't know if you remember that, um, but basically like you buy one-time access to the content and you're basically buying a course. And then if you want to ask us questions and come to our co-working calls and attend our bookkeeping office hours and all that kind of stuff, you're just paying monthly for as long, as long as you want it. So that's just one idea rather than having like two tiers of the membership that could kind of, um, you know, combine them into one, but got it. We'll see. Okay. All right. So, all right. So you introduced that in March, but did you, so was it actually like a launch of both tiers or literally just one tier? It was a launch of one tier and I'm trying to go back, but just based on the number of members we got, it had to, March had to have been a soft launch. I don't think I launched my whole list. And then I think in April, it must've been, I'm pretty sure I launched like end of April, beginning of May, because we had a lot in April and a lot in May. And I definitely didn't do two launches. Okay. Okay. Got it. So at this point, uh, let's say, you know, March, March and on is uh -huh. profit RX evergreen. Can I get in at any time? Yes. It's been evergreen up until yesterday. 
<laughs> ah, okay, great. So then you are just kind of like doing general pushes via email on social on the podcast to get people in, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And how did that work out for you? Uh, it worked pretty well. Um, we were getting, you know, like pretty regularly, we were getting new people, like new people into the program. Um, for a while, I even had, I think it was like uh, the membership was an upsell to the contract vault. Memberships are really hard to like sell as upsells because people don't generally want to like make a one-time purchase and then commit to an ongoing purchase. But we did a lot of like a lot of different kind of like testing and, and iterating. Um, and I think a lot of stuff like kind of worked, but nothing worked so well that we're still doing it. I can put it that way. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what I'm looking though, at your income summary, actually let's do what you did, uh, on, on our episode on my show, which was what is the total year to date revenue? <clears throat> okay. So, um, on the spreadsheet that you're looking at, Claire, this cut, um, has through November, through end of November, we're at almost 149, 149,000. Um, I can tell you with almost certainty that we will be above 165 um, by the end of the year. We'll probably be really close to 170. I'm hoping to hit 170. Nice. How yeah. do you feel about that? Uh, I feel pretty good. Um, I think, I don't know. I think I was I didn't really know what to expect for this year. Like I wanted to hit 200, but 2021 was like such a like kind of bad year. I didn't know like how well we would rebound from that. So I'm just happy. I mean, this will still be a record revenue year for me. Um, mm -hmm. But my biggest goal for the year was income consistency. And if you just look like you don't have to like read them all, but if you just look down the line of month to month revenue, you can see it was like very consistent. And that's yes, it really was. About. Yeah. It really was. Uh, one thing that has some minor peaks and valleys is your salary. So <laughs> if you if you had that, yeah, like I noticed that you paid yourself. Okay, well, let's actually do the the um, total expenses. Well, yeah. cost of goods and expenses. Can you one more time remind me the difference between cost of goods and expenses? Yeah, cost of goods is any really anything that goes into a physical product. So my only cost mm. of good are my physical books. So if you order a book from us, we have to pay the printer like $11 to print the book and $8 to ship the book. And then our uh, course textbooks as well. Those are our only cost of goods. Okay, how much do you sell your book for again? $30. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what you put on, on Instagram or something. The $9 profit. Uh -huh. $9 profit. If we like, when I order them for wedding MBA, if you order a box at a time, you pay to ship the box. So then it's a lot less. Mm -hmm. um, but all of ours are like print on demand. If you order them through our website. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, at least it's, um, at least you're not losing money on them. <laughs> yeah. It's a lead generator. Really. The, the book is so totally. Okay, cool. So uh, cost of goods is 4k uh -huh. expenses, uh, 62,600. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so just to recall the year to date, year to date, literally, you know, end of December, not quite the end. So not quite the total, but I assume this, that also these expenses numbers are not the total either. Cause we just don't have December in it at all. Correct. So 62,000, um, so I'm just going to call that 66 between the book and the expenses. Perfect. And your take home. Okay. Sorry. 
150K, 66K expenses. Uh Take home was 48,000. Yeah. Plus my business profit. Plus (laughs) your business profit. Because that's all the money that I made, not through salary. Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. Salary is just your salary. Yeah. Is your like, yeah. Unlike you, Claire, I basically have no slush fund. My, my business bank account. I mean, I got like, I have like $3,000 in tax savings in there. And then I have um, about $3,000 just to cover like, you know, my next like payroll cycle. Right. But since I have really consistent revenue, like I don't keep much extra money in there. So other than about $6,000, you can assume that the other 28,000 of that business profit has like all already been paid out to me. So you pay yourself the business profit pretty much is what you're saying. Yeah. I actually use my business profit to like pay off my credit card. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that essentially is paying myself because I put all my personal expenses on my personal credit card and then I pay the credit card off. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So you're fine. You know me, I do this yeah. differently from you, but I'm like, what did you, what did you take out of the business for yourself? So we're talking about, uh, 78, probably. 78. Thank you. 78. Okay. So the, the fluctuation in the salary, which just to give people an example, we're talking Uh about like January salary, 6k June is 2k, but Uh June, June was like a, almost the same, well, small difference in revenue, let's say around 14,000. Um, so talk to me about that. Like what, what causes your salary to change? Yeah, I actually have a very simple answer for this, Claire. And it'll, the, these numbers will make perfect sense when I tell you this. Um, I run my payroll. I'm supposed to run my payroll such that I get, I personally get paid um, like by the last day of the month. But sometimes I'll oh. accidentally run payroll a day or two late. Um, yes. So that's <laughs> why you'll see in June, I made oh. 2000 but in July, I made six thousand four hundred because I had like a twenty-two hundred dollar payroll that hit a day late. Okay, I this is perfect because yes, I happened <laughs> to pick the one month that you did it late, and that's why June and July. Are yeah, there. yeah. But then you okay. see it at you see it again in October and then November. Oh. <laughs> so it yes. happened a couple times. And okay, January January was the same. So in December of last year, I probably also had two thousand. So two thousand six thousand four 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 two six four four. Okay. And so your, your business profit does fluctuate Uh January. It's six K February. It's minus $135. (laughs) Uh Um, you know, uh, July, it's also a negative number, October it's 5,000, you know, like, Oh, November is seven. So that's simply about your revenue, right? Revenue minus expenses, cost of goods, et cetera. Yeah. It's more to do with expenses really than anything. The reason like July is almost negative 5,000. That's because July is the month where I spent like the most money launching drag tax. So I spent like, you know, $3,000 on like Airbnbs and rentals where we shot and $3,000 on my photographer. And basically like, and about uh, two, a two month span, I had $10,000 in expenses I would not normally be spending. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. So we're going to get to drag tax in a second, but I just did want to ask about some of these numbers. So then, all right. So profit RX, you're chugging along throughout the year. Um, do you have another launch besides the December one? Um, throughout the year we did, we did a couple smaller launches. So we did, um, 
We did a revenue push. That's what I'm calling it for lack of a better term in August. So you can see a little bit of a spike in revenue there where we offered um, some like special bonuses for people who joined ProfitRx on the annual plan, like our VIP tier on the annual plan. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we got like 10, did we get 10? I don't know, somewhere around like eight or 10 members in at $1,000. Um, and we did a couple like smaller things like that. But uh, so yes, was the answer to your question. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, but then tell us about the launch that just happened. Yeah. Um, so just wrapped up. You really, I mean, you and I talked about the plan, what in October? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I usually, usually in the past few years, we launch in November. Um, this year we decided to do December. I can talk about the why behind that if we want to. Um, I'd like, yes, I'd like to hear that. Okay. So the short version of that is I knew I was going to be at wedding MBA in November. And I also knew that I was going to have about two to 300 new people on my email list. Most of those people were people who purchased products. Um, and wedding MBA, the live event is a lot like attending any kind of bundle or virtual summit where you are inundated with sales emails, like the one to two weeks after the event. So we thought we'll launch our program a month after so that people have some time to breathe and the people who are interested will actually have some time to like learn more about me, listen to my podcast. The few, you know, the small percentage of people that are going to do that will do that. So that's the main reason we decided to do December. Got it. Okay, cool. And what um, did you do for the launch? What did we do? Yes. Um, I launched it the same way I do all of my, I call them a launches. So a launch is like biggest launch of the year. We'll do one or two a launches a year. Um, all of my a launches we do, uh, we, I used to do four webinars. Now I do two webinars, um, two webinars. So we promote, start promoting the webinar seven days before the webinar happens. We do two webinars. And then usually we have, uh, our cart is open like seven days from the date of the webinar. Mm -hmm. So it's like um, a two, so, a two sorry, week. Real quick question. Yeah. The webinars, are they the same topic? Just yeah. different times? Got it. Yeah. Just time options. Okay. So the like hard, I call it like the hard launch cycle is two weeks, one week to promote the webinar, one week to sell. And then we do like an eight week pre-launch. Um, so we were like pre-launching starting in October and our pre-launch, I would say our pre-launch was like 50% of the way this year, if that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> no, what? Say again. Do you know, Claire, do you do you do a pre-launch? You might call it something else, but do you know what I'm talking about when I say pre-launch? I mean, I just start putting out content that's, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So usually people who are listening, it's kind of like peeking behind the curtain, right? But I do an affiliate launch for Amy Porterfield every year and Amy teaches this in her program. So no big surprise or secret. When other people are in pre-launch mode, I can usually tell from a mile away because a lot of the content goes from how-to content uh, to like mindset type content. So I'll mm. talk about like why I hate legal zoom so much and why you shouldn't form your own LLC because you can get your bank account levied by this other person. And we have a case study on that. So you're really priming people to like buy the program, right. Mm -hmm. Um, in an ethical way, of course. So that is the pre-launch and usually the entire pre-launch, the only interviews I would do would be student interviews. They all go to solo shows. Um, right. yeah. Cool. Okay. So you did that for eight weeks. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And then how did it go? 
actually, before we get to like, how did it go? How were the webinars for you? How were the signups? How was attendance? So the signups were okay. I find webinar signups, like just the past couple of years have just not been awesome. Um, I think we set a goal to get like 200, 250 total signups. We got like right around 150. So the signups like weren't amazing. Um, our attendance rates were a lot lower than normal, which was like the biggest negative, but our conversion rates were really good. So that's always the kicker, right? So I think we converted at like 15% on the first webinar and like 20% on the second webinar, which means like 20% of the people who showed up, like bought the program on the webinar. Oh, wow. Um, but like our second webinar, only 15 of like 45 registrants came. So that was... Mm -hmm. After day one, I was of like 40, feeling... 15 of 45 yeah. is 30%, man. Is that You're good? focusing on the number. That's a very good show oh. up rate. Well, we average, we average 50% like on all of our previous launches. Oh, so, oh, okay. <laughs> like webinar number one, our attendant, our uh, show up was around 40%. Um, it was like 35 to 40%, but I guess maybe I just have a, I'm used to having really good show up rates. Mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> although I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you. I, I just, those are barely numbers I pay attention to anymore yeah. because I, I focus, not that I don't focus on the actual webinar, but I know the value in the replay. Uh -huh. Like I, I do the live webinar to have a great replay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't I really do not have expectations about people coming live. I feel like people never watch my replays. So it's like, if they don't come live, I'm assuming that they're like, probably not getting the content. Right. And this, this is something that I should track in my businesses. And I think you have asked me and it, it does, it is like manual, like how to, do we track the people who clicked, but we don't know if they watched, they clicked yeah. over to the replay, you know? Um, yeah. But I get, I get um, anecdotal. Oh, I'm watching your replay. And this will be from people who, are already customers or, you know, things like that, which I know sometimes your, your best customers just like love to watch you work, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I believe in the replay. Nice. Yeah. Love that. I don't, I don't have much like even anecdotal evidence that people are watching mine. So until I have that, got it. <laughs> you know, got it. Okay. Um, I remember when somebody who I had no idea they were even following me and I like on my list, uh -huh. Like I, we knew each other on social and she is ginormous. And she was like, my gosh, I'm following your launch and I love it. And I was like, <gasps> so you don't <laughs> never know who's watching. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, so total numbers. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do the it. launch. Oh, how for the launch, for the launch. Yeah. Um, how many people did you get? Launch summary, we had 42 total new students, um, six annual pay, 36 monthly pay. So that's uh, $6,000 in annual payments and then $3,600 in monthly recurring revenue. Say that one more time. Sorry. Yeah. So $6,000 in annual payments uh, and then $3,600 in monthly recurring revenue. Cool. And that takes your monthly recurring revenue to about six, you said. That's, you said that at the top of the show, correct? Uh, well, or no, no we that was at, last year. Yeah, we were at six last year. Okay. Um, 
the past few months we've been trending like around 65 to 7,000. So our monthly recurring revenue just on the membership will be like right around 10 K now. Damn. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's Very awesome. Yeah. That's why I, my, my like real, my big launch goal was to get 50 new members. Cause that would take me like for, firmly over 10 K. Uh, but we got pretty close. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah, you did. I, I, asked you what yesterday the day before yeah. like are you gonna are you gonna get there and you were like eh, no. we might get to 40. well there yeah because we had we had 11 sales yesterday i was expecting to have like 20 sales yesterday to be honest um but we got like five of those 11 sales like in the last two hours of the launch mm. so it was looking like not great uh like around lunchtime and then a lot of people like came in at the end which was you know, got it fab. got it I think I've told you that like my last day is never like everyone else's. Really? Really. Huh. I, not, not in a long time. So you can see like at the bottom, I did signups. So we had 10 people on cart open, 10 people on mid cart, 11 on cart close and 11 just like throughout. I usually experience 40% of people on like on the webinars, 40% on cart close day and then like 20% in the middle. So the trickle of people coming in, um, this launch was just a lot different than really what I'm used to. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Very interesting. Okay. How many people looked at the sales page? <laughs> I have no idea, Claire. Come on. That's the only <laughs> number I really care about. I know, three. but it's so hard to say because I use the same sales page like all year. So I don't even, I mean, I could but go try to find it. All you have to do is it. look at it from cart open until... It closed. Can't you find yeah, that data yeah. real quick? Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I Please. can find it. Okay. Page views. And for the listeners, while he's looking, I ask this because people, you know, say to me like, oh, I only got these numbers. And I'm like, but you got 10% of people who looked at the sales page to buy. Yeah. That's in, that's very, very good. Uh, 494 views since launch day. 494. So that's yeah, almost that's, a 10%. That's fucking 10%, you asshole. Is that good? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, Claire, this is actually, this is why I think our interviews, I, I think our interviews work so well is because we're both analytical and we're both numbers driven, but we both look at very different numbers usually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So remind me how many, so you had 150 total for sign up uh, for the webinar, but were you sending emails to your whole list? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a couple emails that go out differently. So like the, the day of the webinars, like our webinar registrants get a replay email, um, along with like, you learned about the program. And if you didn't like go to here in the video, whereas our non-registrants get a much longer email with like all the details about the program. Dude, you got to send out the replay to everybody. Well, people didn't sign. They don't get it. If they didn't sign up for it, you got to sign up. <laughs> I've know. done that. I, I've done that in the past, but yeah, I don't know. I sometimes now will just put my replay at the top of my sales page. Yeah. So everyone I, going. That's what going. I do for the replay. Like I duplicate the sales page and add yeah. the replay and I send that to the webinar registrants. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. Um we were so, going to, Claire, we were going to publish the webinar on my podcast as a bonus episode. And we just like literally didn't get around to it. This mm, launch. Mm. Yeah. I 
I highly recommend that strategy. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the same as emailing it to everyone is you put yeah. it on your podcast and you let everyone, even though they didn't sign up, yeah, you let everyone listen. Do you do your replays? Are your replays limited time? Meaning like, yes. do you delete them after? Yes. Yeah, that's what I would do. In fact, I didn't even, I like had this thought like, oh, well, maybe we'll keep it up because it's good to sell the program later. Like it's a really, it was just, you know, my best webinar, I think to date. Mm -hmm. And no, my assistant was just on top of it. <laughs> she had taken it down and I was like, all right, good. We said we were going to, so she did done. You know, just like bring it back later. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Um, how many people are on your list? Um, right now we have like right around 7,000 subscribers. So I think we have like 71, 7,200 before the launch. And after my last email, we may have dipped under 7,000. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I so, yeah. So what, what was it about 500 views of the sales page? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just getting yeah. the conversion rate. off. I will say list. my email list, like percentages used to be a lot better, but I've now spoken at some large events where they give you the whole email list. Um, and adding those people to my list is kind of like watered down some of the statistics, but we still have like 40% open rates. So I don't know. Yeah. So, um, one, I don't pay attention to open rates anymore because they are inaccurate. Um, okay. because they've actually, they're going up falsely. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So I, what I have noticed is that in my launches over the years, I get fewer and fewer people to the sales page Uh huh. and I'm seeing you have, you got about 7% of people on your list to the sales page. That's pretty low. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't but feel great. No. And guess what? It's probably even lower because some of those people are podcast listeners. Okay. This isn't in my case, right? I have a number of listeners who aren't on my list, but they come and they buy because I'm uh -huh. very clear. So yeah, this is email. I do not believe email is dead, but it's, it's a reason why I, um, and you know how I feel about social AKA I just barely show up uh -huh. there at uh -huh. all. So this is why I really encourage people to do what you have done, Brayden, and have a podcast yeah. because it's, it, it like is basically you get a push notification whenever there's new content uh -huh. uh, and, and the relationship is just different. I wonder know? then it's so hard to track though. Right. Because I wonder, I had a handful, I had a, so I tried in this like launch summary that you're seeing to, i try to put what the entry point is onto my email list. So where did each new student how do they start following me? And some people like their first appearance on my email list was when they like bought the membership. So they're either coming in straight from Instagram or I didn't even really think about the podcast until you brought it up. <laughs> okay. Well, you should have a different sales page for the podcast. Like, yeah. You're I just have, there. yeah, I bought the domain name for the, it's the profitrx.com and I just send everyone yeah. there because it's so easy. Got it. Um, and I, I love that ease is good. It just hurts yeah. tracking. Um, so what I do in now, I actually, so, you know, I have a high, a high ticket group program and you have to apply. So everyone, even just now on the application, there's a question, are you a podcast listener? Uh huh. And that in the last launch, we added like a, you had to choose like one of three, like you're a, 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 you listen to all the episodes you've heard a few and what podcast or something was like yeah. the last one, you know? So that's, um, that's how we've been really tracking 
So we have that. I also, I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to bring something up to show you, Claire. But in the meantime, my whole audience, some people may know this, a lot of them don't. Um, Claire's background is in Facebook Facebook ads uh, and Claire's signature program. Like all the stuff we're talking about now is what Claire teaches. So really tracking to figure out where your audience is coming from, doing these kind of launch debriefs. Um, so I just thought it would be helpful for people to know that all this stuff is like right up your alley and not necessarily up my alley as much. Um, well, that's why we're like this perfect combination because- you, I love, I love money, but you know more about it. And, uh, you know, I love all the data and you need that also. So Claire, what I'm showing you now is what we, this is our, um, our introduction assessment for all of our new members. So we don't get this until after people join and I haven't gone through these yet, but we asked them like, do you listen to the podcast? And mm -hmm. the options are like, yes, I listen every week. Um, this person said, yes, I listen when the episodes are topical to me. Cause oh, so you that's know, a I, great answer. <laughs> yeah. So I do. Cause you know, we might have an episode on like how to hire an employee. And if people are like not ready to do that, they just, you know, might not listen. And then yeah. where do you follow me? So she's in my Facebook group, follows on Instagram and reads my weekly email. So we'll get all that data added to my, um, to my like tracking sheet you looked at. Okay. I love that. I love that. Cause yeah, you, it, you asked the questions. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, we also have, or had, we need to put it back into place a whole thing about, um, we would ask people as soon as they bought absolute FB ads, which is my signature, my self-study course. Um, how did you, what did we ask? I forget just do you remember how you found Claire? But then we were also doing just like total manual, like what you've done for this launch is looking to see what was their first entry point. And then sometimes if they would buy with like a different email, which really screwed us, you know, um, we couldn't even see like whether or not they'd come in through our webinar funnel is we would reach out and be like, Hey, we noticed you're brand new to the list. Are you signed up with something else? So we can look at the data. Yeah. Nice. 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 I, I, I apologize. I got, a, I, I got a little distracted. We have people trying to enter my zoom room. It's probably because uh, we have a, we have a member call at nine 30 and now I'm like a little bit worried that I may have told some people nine, but hopefully they'll uh, come back in. Okay. And, and All right. Well, then let's, let's keep going. Um, yeah. cause we could talk about this. So I want to talk about drag tax and <laughs> okay. what the fuck you were thinking. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, really, I was thinking it was an idea that I had for a while. I'd been wanting to like take on a new business project for a little while, but nothing like ever. I, I hadn't thought of anything that A, could like make money right away and B, like wasn't a complete and total distraction. But the, to be honest, I wanted a little bit of a, a distraction. Um, Why? Because I needed to do something. Um, I have a lot of like pent up energy, as you probably know, and I needed to do something other than like create random shit in my business that was just going to confuse people more. Um, and summer tends to be my slow months. So it just felt like the opportune time. Uh, and the thought process behind it was like, well, instead of creating a whole different business, why don't I just um, go after a totally new niche in the business I already have? So I didn't really have to create like any new offers. I did kind of, I duplicate, like I cloned one of my courses and rebranded it and like changed the examples to be more topical and that kind of thing. But um, that's most of the why. Okay. Interesting. So 
you, in order to launch it, like this is where there was a big, uh, there were some big expenses, right? Because you decided like, I'm not just going to start this with a dinky Squarespace site. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go all in. Talk to me about that decision. Like to really, to <laughs> really um, invest in branding for a brand new business. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to most people. Um, I would like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I always tell people that like copy and messaging is like way more important than the visual brand anyway. But to me, like the most exciting thing about this project was the branding. So I knew that it wasn't necessarily the best investment, but it's what I was excited to do. And so I was willing to spend the money on it. Um, also, uh, I've talked about this a little bit, Claire, uh, I think on other episodes, but I did a $10,000 mastermind a couple of years ago. And the entry point for me was getting invited onto the host, like the woman who ran the mastermind. I got invited onto her podcast to do like an, a, a peer mastermind on her live podcast, which was actually very fun. And I was like, oh, this was fun. This was cool. These people are cool. And then I got invited to go to her live event and I went. And then I realized I got invited as a guest on your podcast. And it actually felt like pretty flattering that I got invited. But really, it was the entry point for your fucking funnel for me to join your program, which I'm not bitter about. It like worked really well. And so I realized, well, if I'm going to work with drag queens, it's almost going to be like my, my business of drag podcast is not really to reach a large audience. It's to reach a very, very niche audience, but also getting them like on the episodes and interviewing them about their numbers makes them like know, like, and trust me in an easier way than me, like sending them cold pitches. And in a similar way, um, a lot of the drag tax branding, I was like, well, I want to ha have like well-known drag queens like in my photos. And then they're going to get to know me better. And other people will see the photos and be like, oh, like Mayhem Miller is in that photo. Like she must know this Braden guy and we should hire him. So that was a lot of uh, word vomit, but hopefully some of it makes sense. No, no, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I wasn't, I, I know that my question came off as really abrasive because that's my favorite adjective, but, uh, I actually <laughs> I don't think, think it was abrasive. I thought it was all very, very fair. And, uh, what the fuck were you thinking is not yeah, yeah, abrasive. Yeah. No, oh, okay. I, I think everyone else is probably thinking the same thing, but, um, it was a fun, it was like a fun project for me and something that could potentially, potentially like have big ROI in the future. Okay. So what has the, what has what revenue has it generated so far? <laughs> uh, well, we can look at the spreadsheet. It's generated about $2,000 in revenue so far. Um, the struggle I'm realizing with this player is that I launched it after tax season. So a lot of people had already done their taxes and the people who hadn't done their taxes are like the born procrastinators anyway. And the people who aren't going to take action until they have like a legitimate reason to. So the one mm -hmm. client I've had that's worked with me worked with me because uh, they were a couple years behind on tax returns and they had to get them filed to get approved, like approved to rent an apartment to show proof of income. Oh yeah. And then I've had a couple other situations like that too. I've had other like intake calls with people who are years behind on taxes, but like they haven't started getting IRS hate mail yet. And they don't like, they're not trying to get approved for anything. So they probably are just like, well, I don't want to spend the money now. Like what's six more months. So I'm hoping fingers crossed that the like timely folks will start to like trickle into our inbox in January, February, and March, you know, to do their tax returns. Cool. Okay. So then the, what is the primary offering for drag tax? 
Um, well, I want to sell them bookkeeping, but so far no one really seems to want that. Um, because in addition to, you know, a lot of people don't want to pay for bookkeeping, which is understandable. It's not necessarily that difficult, especially if we're going to use a spreadsheet. But on top of that, a lot of the queens don't really view themselves as business owners. So it's hard to get them to really invest in businessy type things anyhow. Mm. Um, so we are going to try to like sell them the tax services, obviously, because they need to get their taxes done. Um, but I really would like to get to the point where um, the ones who are really successful are hiring us for one-on-one -on -one bookkeeping and everyone else is joining ProfitRx. That's what I would mm -hmm. like. But mm -hmm. um, they're not as used to this whole online course membership world. So I think they, you know, they view it as like kind of scammy, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'm going to have to develop a lot more trust in the industry and name recognition before, before, the, before people are like willing to join slash slash do a lot of content marketing, but that I'm not doing. And I refuse to do, um, for a second business. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if you have to do it in order to gain visibility. Yeah. Well, so this is, I've talked, I talked about this when I did my affiliate launch for Amy about how, like, if you want to sell a course, like you have to do content marketing, like for said topic for people to trust you and know that, you know, your shit. Right. And I was like, in my second business is a perfect case study for this. It's moving so slow because I don't want to do a ton of podcasts and I'm not going to do freebies and I'm not producing all this and I'm not writing extra blog posts. I'm like, I'll get a handful of clients and I hope that it will slowly snowball with word of mouth uh, referrals. But um, I've learned that the effort I put into one blog post and drag tax is going to have like a five time, times ROI if I instead put that time into my existing already successful business. So that's kind of ah. the mindset I've taken. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I'm actually looking at your income summary and I'm, I'm a little bit surprised about the, the sort of like one-on-one -on -one services and how much that ended up being. Like, like you think it's high or low? Low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, I don't really promote a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one services. Did you do one return the whole year? Yeah. So that was our, that was our one drag tax client. Right, right. Got it. Um, um, okay. Yeah. And to be honest, Claire, the membership, our, ProfitRx covers so much stuff and we now offer so much support. They're, the only reason to hire me to do your LLC on a one-on-one -on -one capacity is like, Brayden, I, it's literally worth a thousand dollars just for us to like do it this week, like on a call together. I don't want to watch mm -hmm. like a single tutorial video or like do anything on my own. Right. Unless that's the mindset. It's like a hundred dollars a month is my membership. And we cover all this one-on-one -on -one shit you can do in there and like, come and ask us questions. Yeah. Got it. Um, okay. So fuck, what was my question? I had one. Oh, do you ever think about retiring these services? Uh, <laughs> we're actually maybe doing the opposite. <laughs> okay. I haven't, yeah, I haven't talked about that. That this might be a good, cause this is coming out like mid January. So it might be a good time to kind of see the idea. Um, yep. in the past three months, I've referred out about 10 different clients, uh, to various lawyers and I've had multiple requests to bring certain legal services back. So we might be doing that. I might be restarting my law firm, um, but it oh. might be in the capacity of, we might be making some tweaks to ProfitRx where instead of getting a two hour call with our bookkeeper and a half an hour call with me, it's like you get a certain number of credits and certain things cost a certain number of credits. 
So like a trademark mm-hmm. is five credits and like an L like a one-on-one LLC formation is, is whatever you get the point. Yeah. Um, but then if you want one-on-one services that would happen in our law firm and our law firm would more or less exist to serve our membership members. Um, or we, what we might do is we might have the law firm open to the general public, but all of our membership members get like preferred member rates is how we might, might structure it. TBD. Oh, okay. Interesting. Did you say that your profit RX members get a two hour call with your bookkeeper? Uh-huh. 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 People so paying a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not so, just people who sign up for the annual. Yeah. So I tried to like really hype this up, this launch. I was like, you guys, you don't like, this is a, we sell this for, that's one of our one-on-one services. It's called tax in a day. And it's a, like, it's a two to three hour call. We offer that as a bonus in this launch. I probably could have promoted it a lot better, but I realized like after our first day, we probably should have only offered this for annual members or require like a three to four month minimum commitment. We didn't do that. I'm sure there will be like one or two people who get their two hour call and like bounce and only had to pay a hundred dollars for it. But, um, really Claire. So as you can tell, I already have like eight different ideas of ways we're going to reprice profit RX. Mm-hmm. Um, but another idea, like I mentioned the $500 to buy the course, that would also be a $500, like sign up fee or buy-in. And then you get like your two hour call after that. So we're thinking about mm-hmm. structuring it that way. Um, Cause I used to sell a $2,000 course. And then after the 10 week program, you could join an alumni membership. This would kind of be a similar, like a similar structure. So we'll, mm. we'll see. Cause it is like wildly underpriced. Mm-hmm. Like wildly. I actually like Claire, wildly like I actually, I, I, I said this in my marketing and I do not fairly feel like it is an unfair statement that I am running this hundred dollar a month membership in the same manner. A lot of people run their three to five to $6,000 programs. But even in a five to $6,000 program, well, maybe you do get it. I guess it depends on the program, uh-huh. but I, I don't, I, I don't really know what to say. Brayden. <laughs> I, yeah. They get a half an hour, one-on-one intro call with me, a two hour bookkeeping call. And then we have like multiple weekly, like support touch points that people can access. And as well, why so. did you do that? Is it best for the client or is it, this is what you felt you needed to do to sell it? Um, a little bit of both. We definitely could notch it back, but I knew essentially, I know that with the next launch, we want to raise the price point. And what I wanted to do was I essentially wanted to provide that price level of service in this launch mm. so that in a lot of ways, so that we could work out our systems, right? Cause I just hired two bookkeepers on as employees. So in some respects, it's almost like a test, like a test run for our company. Um, and then we'll, I don't think that I want to do like a two or $300 a month membership because that would price a lot of people out that I want to work with. But I do like mm. the idea of doing like a larger buy-in um, mm. like upfront. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm over here wondering if that hurt you in some way. It could have. Like if it felt too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> or like, why am I getting but I'm hoping that that's not the case. I have no evidence that it is. Uh-huh. If there are any listeners who are like, uh, yeah, that actually made me go, what? And then you didn't buy, please let Brayden know. Cause I yeah, think that's important information. Um, 
but it also what really kind of the concern that I have, Braden, and I liked your your response to this question of like you wanna you're basically test running the program. You're treating the program as if it's priced at a higher price, which is where you want to be in the future. Uh-huh. I love that. I think that's great. You're working out the, the kinks. That's great. My concern is that you don't believe in it enough. Like, like you are, and I have done this. I have yeah. done this is over, not overselling, but like just stuffing it with so much. Yeah. Yeah. That. Like you're like, oh, I I don't want to leave people out at this price point, but is this a smart business decision for you? Like, okay, if if the price is gonna change, but I I just sometimes I think you make decisions based on this audience that you believe that you have that uh-huh. you no doubt do, but we all have a majority of people in our audience who can't afford what our service should, should actually be priced at. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Those all, all those things are very fair. Um, kind of my counter to that is that the difference is, is that I would say 50% of my audience are in like the zero to $50,000 in revenue territory. So they are, there are folks where like a hundred dollars a month, like is a pretty big investment for them. Yes. No, that's fine, Brayden. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you give everyone so much. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I actually think there were accidental mistakes that were made in this launch, Claire, to be honest. Like, I don't even, this wasn't even a conscious decision. It was, um, when we did our little launch in August that I told you about thousand dollars annual membership, you get a month of bookkeeping. That was our bonus. Um, we had one person who signed up, um, shout out Jen, if you're, li- you're listening out of one-on-one with her the other day, she's great. Um, she has a wildly successful business that, uh, does like over a thousand transactions per month. Mm. So we ended up working on her books for like 10 hours, which was fine. It was in the course promise. Um, we delivered, like we delivered on that. Um, but then I was like, well, instead of doing that, we'll just do two hours. Cause again, it's my bookkeeper that's doing it. They're an employee. I pay them hourly. Um, but then I didn't really think about like, oh, well, we're not requiring, I don't like to do, um, fat annual pay bonuses because I don't think it's, uh, I don't, I personally don't feel like it's ethical, um, to penalize people that much if they can't pay annual. Um, so I didn't do that, but I, I wasn't really thinking like all of that throughout the time or we, but that right there is that right there is a thought that your stuff isn't good enough without a crazy bonus. Like that is like, you're penalizing, like they're not going, I agree that the bonus shouldn't be something that people can't live without, or they, they can't be successful without. Yeah. But come on. I mean, (laughs) you Okay. Sorry. I, I said my piece. No, you're, and- you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. The, um, the book, like really the bonus was a lot of people, like a lot of people come in and the bookkeeping is what really holds them back. Like they just never get it set up and they never get it done. And everything else we do in the program hinges on your books being done. Cause we can't determine yes. if you should have an escort, but we don't know how much fucking money you're making. So that was the bonus. Like we're setting it up for you. We're getting it done. Um, but yeah, I do agree that people need to pay more for it in the future and we will remedy that problem. <laughs> 
cool. Yeah, no, I mean, your listeners are probably like, shut the fuck up, Claire. This is really accessible. <laughs> I know. I, th- but the thing you just pointed out is this sets people up for more success. And I just, some, I've, I've, I already said it. Sometimes I feel like your decisions are, are based yeah. around like, I need to make sales versus this makes sense. Like I am, it's, this is not a charge what, what you're worth conversation. This uh-huh. is like a charge, like the market value. It can still be less than like a two, three hour call with a, a bookkeeper. It can still be less. Yeah. But yes, there has to be a commitment from them. Yeah, I would say, okay. So first of all, one thing I want to point out, this is kind of a different point, but I'm gonna circle back to that point. I was surprised how many people signed up for this who already have bookkeepers. That was shocking to me, um, Mm -hmm. which is why I think we're going to move to like the credit system, because if you already have a bookkeeper, it's like you can use your credit for something else instead of that Mm -hmm. bonus. So I think that'll be fun. Um, The charge what you're worth thing. The one thing I want to point out, Claire, uh, and then we can start to move on because we only have like five to 10 more minutes, um, is that my counter argument to all of that is, is this year is like the year that I lower the prices on everything. And it's been my highest revenue year to date because I've focused more on volume rather than. And it's funny because when we did your interview, we talked about the opposite thing. What? The contract vault doesn't have any fucking calls. (laughs) Okay. True, true, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I like, I think Brayden, I think like in general, you, you do a really great job. Like you, you have these ideas that I am constantly like, can you calm the fuck down? And you're like, no, and you do it. And it's great. And it's great. I just, I do. I I do think you are right though, Claire, because sometimes here's the thing is I often tell people, I always tell people, I don't know why I say this, but I always tell people like, oh, I'm not really in business for altruism. Like I mostly just want to make money, but I do think the best way to make money is to like have an ethical business. But at the same time, when I do like deep reflection and have these conversations, I'm like, why am I often acting like the patron saint of like the online legal industry, basically giving stuff away? (laughs) Giving stuff away. And so I'm like, I don't like to talk about like feelings and emotions, but at the same time, like I do really run my business like in a way to serve. And then I look around myself and I see other lawyers who started their online business at the same time as me that are already at seven figures. And I ask myself, I tell myself, like, at some point we have to stop dicking around and like make real money, um, which I think is part of the mindset reason we're bringing the law firm back. Because I'm like, there are people out there who like want to pay to have this shit done and we should do it. Yes. Yeah. There, there is a value in investing a good chunk of money in something, in your bookkeeping, you get it cleaned up. Guess what? You don't let it like flounder later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're like, I, I really believe that they're, you know, you're basically, you are making it so easy for people to not give a fuck about profit RX because the investment is less than they're spending at Target every week. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that kind of circles back to like the, why we might be eliminating the content only tier. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, like I just, I just see some, some holes in your, in your beliefs, Uh I think. uh And you know me, I'm now on this whole, like your thoughts, create your feelings kind of kick with life coach school and all that. And I, and everyone has opinions on that, but, um, 
Yeah. I, I have just heard you talk about this with your audience for years now that I guess it's only <laughs> been really one that we've been close for a year about, no, like, this is what I have to do to make sales. And I'm yeah. challenging you. And I'd like you to be open to it, Brayden. Uh -huh. I'd like you to be open to the fact that maybe you, like you said, this whole patron saint of online law tax, blah, 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 is not <laughs> actually serving your clients. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Us so, Enneagram sevens are also, uh, we're all, often in deep denial about our mindset issues. So we'll do some woo! more. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good to know. All right. So then what else, what else do you want us to you, like, what were some of your big learnings? Oh, yeah. So real quick. So we have, I have eight minutes before all my Profit RX members come into this call to do okay. our, we call it our LLC filing party. We're going to form all their LLCs. Cool. Um, so I want to share the three big takeaways I have on this sheet. Actually, no, we're going to skip those um, because not a lot of my audience are like course creators. So this, that would be a good thing for us to talk about if I ever go back on your podcast, but yes. most of them don't care about that. Um Instead, let's talk a little bit about, let's wrap it up by briefly discussing my profit pie on the PL snapshot. How's that sound? Your profit pile? Pie. It's called the profit pie. pie. Oh, yeah. By the way, Sorry. everyone, I... I've never done this and this is kind of scary, but I'm going to share a Google sheet link to my entire like bookkeeping spreadsheet yes. in the show notes. Oh, good. No, this is, this is great. I actually didn't realize I could scroll over and see this. So, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Your, pro your profit pie. Let's uh -huh. talk. What this is, this is a concept I teach in my course also, Claire. Okay. Um, All right. So talk about the percentage of the pie that's expenses. Uh-huh. So long story short, I just want to point out that you can see my goals underneath. My goal this year was to keep expenses at 35%. They ended up at 43%. Um, I did the math and if I take all my drag tax expenses out, my expenses would have been like 36% this year. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I can't just like say that that's fine, but I can say that my operating expenses for my primary business are like not out of line, if that makes sense. Great. Great. Um, salary was 33% and then profit was 23 and a half percent. So essentially profit was right around where I wanted it to be. And then the extra expenses I spent kind of ate into what my goal salary was. Um, but I'm going to be talking a lot more about my profit pie on my profit reports for this year. And I'm going to share like what these percentage breakdowns are every month. Okay. Fabulous. Yeah. Do you like that? I do. I really do. Um, and I would love to see a bar chart or a line chart just uh -huh. showing, you know, even, even if, well, I'm not sure that actually matters because remember line when we were talking, yeah. yeah, we were talking about my pod on my podcast about like, oh yeah, I was in the red these months. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think that's helpful for course creators, people with, um, but yours will be really interesting for a membership. In fact, I'm going to use a couple minutes here to ask you, would you, do you know about bear metrics? I feel like I've heard of that, but I, no, I don't know. Bear metrics, I believe is like you, you hook up your retention numbers, your, you know, churn and all of that uh -huh. to bear metrics. And then anyone can just go and see it. Oh. So like, I think, I don't know if ConvertKit is still on bare metrics. I feel like they were at one point. I think Buffer is. So it's basically like true transparency. And it's 
that's really interesting for things like memberships and uh -huh. SaaS software as a service, because it's, that's all a recurring revenue model. Whereas if you look at mine, if you looked at my bar chart or line chart, whatever, yeah, you've got a couple huge peaks and you got some pretty low valleys. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's cause you'll make, you'll make six, you'll make six figures in a month and then not promote something, you know, like, like not sell anything for two months, right. which is a different business model. Yeah. 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 Um, so the anyway, reason you, Claire... could, you could consider bare metrics to have this as like an ongoing thing you could link to your podcast. Oh, that would be fun. That would be, I always, I'm trying to find the dividing line between like when radical transparency is helpful and when radical transparency is just like not helpful. Mm, say more. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's almost always helpful. I probably just, I read some like bullshit Instagram post about how like, we don't need to be transparent about everything. And I don't even remember what their arguments were. I was just like, maybe I should take note of that and circle back to this at some point. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, that I'm really pro transparent transparency. Um, it's one of our company core values. So. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a difference between like transparency and like showing up in the middle of a crisis, like, right, 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 and right. you know, and, and dumping your crisis on people's laps, you know? Yeah. yeah. Agreed. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Oh, do you have it, goals for next year? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Let's briefly mention the goals. I might come in, Claire, and like add, like, I might do a little bit of a solo recording for like 10 minutes to talk about oh, like should. annual goals. I'm um, just so we can yeah. supplement, but I'm really hoping I would really like to do 250 uh, this year. I would love to do 300, but like my like good, better, best is like 225. No, I should say 250. 250 is what I really want to hit. So my good, better, best would be like 250, 275, 300. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And so then like, what would your, I'm just looking for your um, business profit. Is that, or are you just, do, are, there, are these goals literally just revenue? That would be just revenue. Um, I would like to get expenses at 35%. So lower expenses a little bit. We'll be spending more because the revenue will be higher, right? and get profit up to 40 uh, or salary. No, salary at a higher revenue would probably be more like 30 to 35. And then the profit would be higher. So the profit would go up to 30% would be the goal. Um, and the reason we do this, the reason why I teach this breakdown, Claire, is to help people understand taxes really. Because when I show people my profit pie, it's with the understanding that my salary is um, subject to income and self-employment tax and my profit, I'm only paying income taxes on. And this pie right. does a great breakdown because it's like expenses, we pay no tax. This piece of the pie, we pay double tax. And this piece of the pie, we pay one part of tax. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I know you have people coming in. Thank you for having me. I definitely think you should um, say a little bit more since I took up so much time talking about your mindset. And I'm just going to go ahead and guess that your listeners appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's a little icky and sticky for me, but I appreciate yeah. it. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. And I think the listeners will actually really like that because it's something that they don't really get to hear when I'm doing my solo episodes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's why we well, appreciate you. All can, you, you all can come over to my podcast to hear me um, <laughs> ask people about their mindset, but I don't usually grill my, my guests the way I grilled yeah. uh, Brayden here. I just love him. And I- and I want him to make a lot more money. 
Well, uh, Claire, I often say that no matter my position in life, I will always be everyone's uh, little brother because I am the youngest in my family. And I realized in my business mastermind, it's me and five women, and they all treat me like the youngest sibling in the mastermind. Um, so I'm used to, I'm used to being told what I need to be told. I feel like, okay, but let me just ask you this. Does that little brother thing also in your head mean the lowest earner? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so because I definitely, okay. my mindset is I, that I will be the highest earner. Oh, good. Good. I love to hear that. I love, but I do. That. What I will say is, um, I don't, I don't like people. Let me put it. This is going to sound harsh, but I don't like to be told what to do by people. I don't necessarily respect or don't know that well, but people who are close friends of mine, um, I actually welcome pushback, uh, in, you know, being yeah. told what to do. A little Why bit. is that? I, I think that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I fuck so. fuck yeah. other people who don't, yeah. who have no, like, haven't earned your ear, if you will, you know? Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, this was super fun. Uh, we got a few people uh, in the queue to form their LLCs. Claire, thank you so much for coming on. Um, just real, real quick. Where should people go fo- uh, find you, follow you, tune in all the things? Just come over to get, if you search in your uh, podcast app, get paid Claire, you can mm-hmm. spell Claire however way you're still going to, that's a, the easiest way you're going to find the get paid podcast. i I barely show up on Instagram, so don't even bother there. But you could go to clairepels.com if you want to see some fun branding. Yes, fun, fun. All right, thank you, Claire. Have a a good one. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.